Hi, I wanted to let you know that I have a brand new, totally free masterclass available and I'd love if you wanted to check it out. It's about an hour long and it goes over three simple things that every dog owner needs to know in order to teach a dog quickly and easily without pain, force, a major time investment or fancy equipment. When you register, you'll also get a free 20-page ebook all about what I call the dog training triad. You can find it at anniegrossman.com slash masterclass. Hello, humans. So this episode really has been a challenge to put together for several reasons. It's about pet insurance, and I was inspired to research pet insurance because of um, our young dog, Poppy, uh, coming into our family. But uh, there's a lot of numbers when you're looking at pet insurance. There's a lot of choices, a lot of boring fine print. So rather than just figuring out what I could from websites, I tried to get representatives of uh, a bunch of different uh, insurance companies on the phone, which was very helpful, but I was still left with a lot of options and a lot of information. So before I play you the episode, I I just wanted to uh, share uh, a few takeaways and explain or point out some things that I think are, are missing from this episode. First of all, there are a lot of pet insurance companies that I did not discuss in this episode, and that's not because they're not good. In fact, they might be great. They might be better <laughs> than the ones I, I, I ended up uh, focusing on. Uh, I'll explain how I ended up picking the five companies that I focus on uh, in a little bit, although it ended up uh, sort of accidentally being more than five. But um, I just wanted to mention, you know, I've heard I've heard a lot about Trupanion, Happy Paws, uh, Embrace. Embrace is one actually I do kind of mention in the episode for a funny reason. So perhaps there could be a part two to this episode and if you are using one of the companies I do mention or one of the ones I don't mention, I am super curious to hear about your thoughts on uh, on your pet insurance. And for that reason, I will be hosting a clubhouse room on the topic of pet insurance next Thursday, May 14th at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you would like to join me there, if you're not on Clubhouse and would like an invitation, I might be able to get you one. Just text me at 917-414-2625. And if you are on Clubhouse, just go ahead and follow me. I'm there at Annie Grossman, and uh, you'll see when the room is going on. Another thing that is missing from this episode is... uh, in-depth discussion on whether or not these different companies will cover training, which is a question that we 
definitely get at School for the Dogs? And the short answer is no. No insurance that I have found will cover uh, the training that we do with our clients at School for the Dogs. However, there are situations and trainers uh, who do provide services that may be covered. And I actually have put together a whole other episode on this topic, which I plan to air next week. But before we dive in, for those of you who have a short attention span, I just wanted to give you sort of three big takeaways, which I will elaborate on in this episode, kind of as I, I learned these things. But but here are my sort, sort of three three big pieces of advice uh, to any pet owner, but especially to new pet owners. Number one, get pet insurance. <laughs> uh, I put a lot of thought into what uh, I ended up choosing, which I'll talk about in this episode. Uh, I, I brought my husband into the conversation. Uh, he did a lot of research. What's funny is if if I hadn't been doing this podcast uh, as the one in the household who is uh, mostly in charge of uh, spending on on our dog, I'm pretty sure I could have just said to my husband, like, hey, I got Poppy Pet Insurance. This is what it covers. This is what it costs. And Jason, my husband, would have been like, great, that's awesome. But <laughs> it ended up turning into a much more complicated conversation which I'm glad about because I think he helped me think through some things in a way that I might not have done. But I think even if you pick an insurance more or less at random or have criteria or ideas that are way different than mine, fine. Just, I think, some insurance for your dog uh, or pet in general is probably going to be better than not having it in the long run and better to get it now than later when your dog may have uh, pre-existing conditions and I think in a lot of cases you'll find uh, what I found which is that if you have a plan that covers your dog's uh, yearly checkup and vaccines you might find that over the course of the year, you're not going to end up paying a whole lot more than what you would pay for that single visit. But on top of that, not only will that visit be covered, you will also be covered in case of a much more uh, expensive, uh, unexpected uh, visit to the vet. So I'm not suggesting you pick a company at random, but I think uh, if you do, you're still probably more or less better off than not having picked a pet insurance company at all. Which brings me actually to my second point, which is if you already have any kind of insurance, uh, renter's insurance, uh, home insurance, car insurance, and you're happy with that company and your coverage, I think the first thing to do is to contact that company and see if they provide pet insurance. This tip came to me from Daniel Cawhill, who's the co-founder of the website The Dog Tale, T-A-L-E, uh, because a lot of uh, big insurance companies offer pet insurance or have an affiliation with a pet insurance company, 
and if you already have insurance with them, tacking on uh, insurance for your pet may be easier than having a whole other uh, insurance company to work with and also may result in a better rate um, as you will be bundling your insurances. And uh, the last takeaway that I wanted to offer you, which I will talk more about, um, is actually a another tip that came from Daniel Cahill, which is uh, at the very least, if you're not feeling ready for insurance or if you feel like you have a pet who is too old to insure or has pre-existing conditions, uh, he suggests, and I think it's a good idea, getting a veterinary discount card, which we'll talk more about. It costs somewhere around $10 a month and will save you 25% off of anything you uh, do at your vet. The only thing is it's not accepted by all vets, so you either have to check if your vet uh, takes this card or you have to be open to switching vets. So in summary, any insurance is better than none. Check with insurance companies you are already working with, and if nothing else, get the veterinary discount card. I am going to put links to all of the companies uh, that are mentioned in this episode in the show notes, and you can find quotes there. Uh, of course, there are also plenty of aggregate sites where you can compare lots of brands. Uh, I'll include a link to one of those as well. I'm a bit hesitant to trust the reviews that appear on those kinds of sites because I think a lot of those sites have affiliate arrangements with these insurance companies. However, you can at least use them to get information, although be warned, I did this on several sites and now I must get 30 emails uh, a day um, about about Poppy and what kind of insurance I should be getting for her. I just did a search for pet insurance in my inbox and I have more than 50 pet insurance companies, uh, emails from pet insurance companies that have come to me in the last two weeks alone. Some of the subject lines. Let us take care of Poppy's vet bills. Poppy and Embrace, a winning combination. Uh, protect Poppy before something happens. Enroll Poppy and get a $25 Visa gift card. Time is running out on Poppy's quotes. Great news for Poppy and your wallet. It goes on and on and on. Especially funny is that in some place I must have... Uh, <laughs> made a typo and written poopy instead of poppy so a lot of these emails are actually about poopy anyway here's the episode i am going to see if the people i interviewed in this episode will come on uh clubhouse to chat about their offerings next week so uh if you want to join me there 3 p.m eastern Thursday, May 13th, if you need an invite to Clubhouse, text 917-414-2625 and I will try to get you one. My name is Annie Grossman and I'm a dog trainer. I'm the owner and co-founder of School for the Dogs, a dog training center located in Manhattan's East Village. 
about dog training, interview industry experts, discuss pet trends, answer questions, and try to communicate my love for all things related to behavioral science. Thanks a lot for listening. I think this podcast will help make you the best possible human best friend any dog could ask for. Hello, Jason Petticone. Thank you for joining me today. Hi. <laughs> I have a podcast called School for the Dogs Podcast, and uh, I know you've been dying to be a guest on it. I've been a guest on it You before. have been. <laughs> Several times. Um, I'm, I asked you here today <laughs> because I am, um, I've been putting together this podcast episode about pet insurance, be- pretty much because we got Poppy. I didn't really consider insurance for Amos because he was... By the time I really was like thinking about it, he was old, and I just figured it was not going to be worth it um, to look into it because of his pre-existing conditions, et cetera, et cetera. Ha- so I started researching pet insurance because of Poppy, and then thought, well, why don't I make this into like a project that I can share with people on the podcast? Because other people are probably like me and are overwhelmed by all the insurance options that are out there for dogs, um, and. Uh, my first step in, in research was I, like, crowdsourced on Clubhouse. Um, I did a Clubhouse about pet insurance, and um, I don't know, there were maybe 15 or 20 people there, and people started recommending the ones that they liked. So I narrowed it down from that group um, because there's so many pet insurance options out there. Like, there's these, like, aggregate sites or whatever where you can, you know, put in your information, and then you'll get a million quotes. Um, but I decided to pick the ones that uh, my clubhouse friends recommended and narrowed it down to four. Um, and those four were called Wagmo, Lemonade, ASPCA, and um, Pumpkin was, like, was the other one. So I reached out to um, each of these companies to see if I could get someone on the phone to like record a call for a podcast because I thought, I mean, I could probably figure out a lot of stuff just from like looking on their sites, but I was, I was feeling so overwhelmed and thought, hey, I might as well <laughs> use the podcast medium for what it's worth. So I thought if I could actually talk to people like at these companies about what they each offer, that will help give me some clarity. So I did this and I can't say it really actually helped make things clearer. I think it made things a little bit more overwhelming, although I'm glad I did it. Um, but I felt like I couldn't just like piece together these conversations and play them. I felt like I needed to like talk through the options since you and I are actually in the market to purchase health insurance. And like, I know in our relationship, like I'm more of the, the person spending on the dog than you are, but of course it's still like our money. I thought if maybe I could just like explain the options to you based on these phone calls and then maybe play you some of the recordings which I've gone through and like taken out pieces of Um, and then we could talk about our our, like what we want to do together so I'm just gonna like walk you through each of the options so far uh, and then you can um, stop me and ask questions if you want but basically I, I what I learned is there's like 
a few different buckets that things fall into. Some buckets are way more full than other buckets. They're not like evenly weighted. But so I'm just gonna kind of go through, I think I think I counted five like pet insurance buckets. So I'm gonna go through sort of in the order that I discovered them in. So bucket one is insurance that basically just covers everything and like 100%. So there's no, um, there's a deductible that uh, is what we can talk about, uh, but there's no um, like copay, like they just cover 100%. And the company that offers this is called Wagmo. And I heard about Wagmo through uh, my friend, Dr. Lisa Lipman, who said, um, you know, I, I guess actually I did the clubhouse with her because I thought, you know, I should ask a vet what they think. And she was like, I think Wagmo is the best. They're a new company, um, female owned. They were just founded um, a few years ago. And uh, I just think what they're doing is really cool. She's an affiliate with them. Um, and uh, although I'm sure she would only be an affiliate of something that um, she was like into to begin with. Um, so anyway, here's Christy from, from Wagmo. My name is Christy Horvath. I am the co-founder and CEO of Wagmo. I uh, started the company a few years ago when I was in business school, uh, and it's really all inspired by my first dog that I ever had by myself, whose name was Denver. So I was actually in the insurance industry. So I started my career in insurance, of all things. Um, I worked at this company called BlackRock in New York, so it was more on the investment side of insurance, but I worked exclusively with insurance companies, um, and I actually love insurance which I know is a little bit weird, but honestly, I just think it's fascinating. I remember there was this moment when I was in this like insurance 101 class at BlackRock as an analyst. And the moment I learned that an insurance company basically has two separate businesses underneath it. It has the underwriting business, the risk that it's underwriting. And then there's also the investment side of the business that is basically supporting the cash flow needs for the underwriting business and the two in concert work together to create like a profitable, very sustainable business model. And I guess I just had no idea that that's how it worked. And it was so beautiful and logical and just really kind of clicked for me. And, and ever since then have just been totally fascinated with the industry as a whole. And like six years in basically realized I wasn't actually that excited about the investment side of things. So I went to business school to figure out, you know, what within insurance did excite me specifically. And I was in the summer between my years of business school. I was, I was up at Harvard and I had a dog. His name was Denver. And he started having seizures. Uh, and he started having grand mal seizures in the middle of the night. And it turns out that Denver had a brain tumor uh, that was inoperable. And I don't know if you've ever seen a dog have a seizure, but it is totally horrifying. And very quickly was just faced with this reality of what it really means to be a pet parent and, and how expensive that can be uh, and how traumatic that can be, as, as you know. And, you know, Denver was the first dog that I was financially responsible for. And those moments when you get hit with that three or $4,000 vet bill um, that you have to pay because, you know, he, it's your child. You're not going to let them suffer just because you don't want to put it on your credit card. So, so basically had um, a personal in interaction with all of this and came away with the fullest, most sincere appreciation 
for what a pet insurance product can do to help somebody navigate all of this. And, you know, thankfully I had pet insurance. Um, I, I was covered and I'm, I'm so grateful that I was, but, you know, like everybody, I started looking around to see what was out there, how my coverage compared to others and was just disappointed. So I had, I had healthy paws. Um, and honestly, I, I do think they were great, but what I realized is that, you know, the claim process was very slow. Um, I had to print out a PDF. I had to find a fax to send it in. Um, I had to wait, you know, for three to five weeks for a paper check to get sent in the mail. Um, you know, there was no text message support. Like the whole experience was just lacking. And and I realized as I started to look at what else was out there that this component of the insurance industry has has sort of been forgotten. Like other aspects of insurance have been innovated on, but but pet has really been sort of left by the wayside. And I feel like the players today have really lost touch of the fact that having a pet and and interacting with a pet insurance company is, is very personal and it's painful. And, and you want that human element, you know, you, you don't want to just deal with a gigantic insurance company. Uh, and so started to really think about, you know, what I was missing personally in terms of coverage, in terms of experience, and then got to work building Wagmo. And so the way that the way that this all sort of started was we actually took a step back and thought about, you know, instead of just working to improve on the pet insurance products that existed today, we started from scratch and said, as pet parents, what do we need help with? And the first thing that comes to mind, as I'm sure you have experienced with a young puppy on your hands, is the routine care and the everyday care. So every time you go to the vet, it's like two or three hundred dollars, no matter what, right? Especially if you're in, in New York, it's probably three or four hundred dollars just to get your average exam, your vaccines, your grooming, your flea and tick stuff. That routine care is super expensive and is super important to keeping your pet healthy. But this is not something that's traditionally covered by pet insurance. So what I got frustrated as a pet parent with is, you know, I was paying $50, $60 a month. But when I took Denver in to go get, you know, his heartworm medicine or just to go get his Bordetella vaccine, I still had to pay $400 and none of that would be covered by my by my policy. And you're going to do that every year because you're a responsible pet parent and that's what you do to keep your pet healthy. So that means every year at a minimum, you're on the hook for $400 plus your flea and tick and heartworm medications plus whatever else comes up. So what we decided to do is build a product that actually helps people navigate that component of pet parenting first, because that's at the core of everything is keeping a pet healthy. And so we built a wellness plan which stands separately. So you can actually buy the wellness product totally on its own, which is super unique to Wagmo. You pay a monthly membership fee, and then we reimburse you over the course of your year for your routine care. So we would cover, let's say we'd cover one exam fee, you know, three vaccines. We'd even cover an allocation towards your heartworm and flea and tick medication. So we cover up to you know, $200 towards your flea and tick and heartworm medication. And the idea really is that it helps you budget for and spread out the cost of those visits. So instead of paying $400 in one session, you know, you're paying 30, 40 bucks a month and have that spread out and potentially can actually tap into additional savings as well. So that was really the idea behind the wellness product. So we rolled that out a couple of years ago 
and customers loved it. We, we designed it to be super, super straightforward and easy to use. So you would go to your vet, you'd take a picture of your bill, you'd submit it to us, and we would Venmo you or PayPal you your cash back within like a couple of hours. So as close as you can get to sort of instant gratification here, we literally text message you money. And it's designed to really be, to, to make sure that you're out of pocket for as little time as possible. Um, customers loved that. They kept asking us, you know, when we're going to introduce emergency coverage. And so uh, last summer of 2020, we introduced Wagmo Insurance, which is a complimentary product which covers, you know, accidents and illnesses. This is going to be more of your unexpected type expenses. So cancer treatment, surgeries, broken limbs. And the idea really is that between these two products, as a pet parent, you're covered from that very first moment that you bring your pet home all the way through to the end of life care. And then what we've done along the way is built out this really cool community of like-minded pet parents who are invested in keeping their pets healthy. And we are starting to bring to light a bunch of cool exclusive benefits and perks. So as a member of Wagma Wellness, for instance, you get access to discounted puppy training. You also get access to discounted pet accessories or a discounted BarkBox subscription. So the idea really is we're trying to bring to light like a full end-to-end solution in helping people navigate the experience of what it means to be a pet parent and to have pet insurance rather than just making this another bill that you have to pay. So I'm on their site now and it says for Poppy, and this is in New York, so you have to imagine probably be less expensive other places. Um, she is a uh, like 18 pound Chihuahua mix. It says they would pay 100% of the bill up to $20,000 a year. So that's not per incident, that's per year with a $500 deductible. And that would be $48 a month. Um, if we did a $1,000 deductible, it would be $32 a month. Um, and then there's an add-on, which is for the wellness visit each year. It covers the office visit, two vaccines, one routine blood work test, and one fecal test. And that would be an additional $20 a month. And I calculated that we like amortized over the cost of the year. We spend probably <laughs> twice that on her annual checkup. So that in and of itself seems like actually a pretty good value. So if you add those two things together, we'd be spending $68 a, um, a year, I mean a month on um, her plan. And they reimburse um, within uh, 15 to 15 days for most things for cancer treatments, it's uh, 30. Um, and uh, they don't cover pre-existing conditions. Um, in most cases, which would be okay for us because we have a puppers, um, and you can go to any licensed vet. So that's uh, pretty cool. Um, it's not av- available um, everywhere yet, but it is available in New York State. So I really liked Christy. Um, I liked that the plan covers 100%. Like it just seems really like like set it and forget it kind of to me for $68 a month um, with that covering her. I mean, for like if our, our yearly visit is like $500 a month and uh, $500 a year anyway. So this would only be like, what, like about $200 more than that. And that would cover us in case of something major, which would totally be worth it. And the price they said will go up over time, but it's, but it's not based on, um, uh, I think, it's, I think it doesn't go up based on age. It just goes up as the company's price goes up for everything is what I 
believe I, I understood. Okay, so then I reached out to Lemonade um, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody. I wrote their media department, I wrote their like contact line, no one. So that kind of like turned me off pretty quickly. But, and, and also actually led me to decide, to decide to just focus on companies that only offer pet insurance because I thought that would um, at least uh, make things a little bit less stressful as I was reaching this to set that limit. Um, but I did look at Lemonade's uh, plan and um, it actually seemed really like a really great deal. So they cover, um, you know, all of these sites have like, you can toggle like what the percentages you would want them to pay, except Wagmo that just is 100%. Um, but you can toggle like how much they offer, how, like what they'll pay up to and what the deductible is. So with Lemonade, if we set it to 90%, which is as close as I could get to the Wagmo option and had an annual deductible of 500, which would basically be us paying for her yearly visit, right? Um, up to a max of $50,000, which I can't imagine we'd ever spend, or I mean, I hope we would never have to spend it because it's possible, um, would only be $30 a month. So that seemed like a good deal to me. And what's interesting is if you go, if you do, if you go lower and you say like, okay, well, what if you only covered up to $5,000 a year, which, you know, in most of my life with Amos, I didn't spend, I definitely didn't spend more than, I don't know if I ever spent more than $5,000 a year. That would only be $25 a month, but to bump it up to 50000 is just $5 more a month, which seems like if you, if you were actually out of pocket for $50,000, you'd be like, why didn't I pay that $5 a month, right? Yeah, if he needs to be, you know, um, repatriated by helicopter from, uh, <laughs> you know, some far I would have, off country. Listen, I would have done that for, for my Amos. Okay. So, but Lemonade, for the purposes of my, for the purposes of my research, although it seemed like a good deal, I eliminated them from the running because they didn't return my calls. Um, and it seems like if you're getting insurance, one thing you want is, uh, you know, the attention of the place that you're calling. So then... Then I reached out to um, uh, the this company Pumpkin, uh, which has their site kind of like Lemonade site. It's like really cute, like it's really well branded. It's a new company. Um, they've uh, been around, I think, just for one year. Um, they they like send you a cute little welcome package when you join. Um, so I spoke to someone. At Pumpkin, well, first let me tell you the, the options for Pumpkin. So Pumpkin is $10,000 annual limit with a $500 deductible plus their package that would cover her yearly wellness visits would be $83 a month. Without the, the, the preventative is $18.95, so subtract that. And if you wanted a lower deductible, $100 with a $10K a year limit, that would be $117 a month. And a 20k annual limit with uh, the low with the high deductible. I guess if you do high deductible, low limit, it's 83 dollars a month. If you do what they plus, which includes the wellness, if you do their most popular plan is 97, and that's 250 deductible, 10,000 dollar annual limit. Lowest deductible will be 100 dollars, 100 dollars a year with a 20,000 dollar annual limit. That one's 140 dollars a month. Oh my God, this is confusing, right? Well, there's just a lot of options. There's just a lot of options, right. This one, after looking at Lemonade, seems like a lot more expensive, but they are exclusive to health insurance, I mean to pet insurance, and they were super nice. Um, and uh, I, and they also cover things I think that some of the other plans don't. Like, I think they cover 
Uh, you can get like a pa their package that includes grooming, dental care. They they offer a lot and they were very responsive. Um, uh, they cover prescription foods. Um, anyway, they, I, 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 it seemed like a cool company. It does seem like a cool company. I spoke to um, one of their reps for like 30 minutes who was super nice, told me they picked the name Pumpkin because uh, they did a survey and that showed that that was like the most popular pet name out there. Which is distressing. Pumpkin? <laughs> No, not the pet, not, no, not pet name, like pet name, like, like sweetie. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's slightly less distressing, but still not my favorite. Um, what do we call Poppy as this pet name? Popsicle. You call her honey, which I, all right. Um, so anyway, I spoke to Pumpkin. I'm not going to play you any part of the Pumpkin interview though, because right after I talked to Pumpkin, I called the, I called the ASBCA to talk to someone with them and ended up on the phone with this really nice guy whose name, you'll love this, is Bob Capobianco. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his name was Pumpkin. No. <laughs> Bob Capobianco, who said he was, I, I said, are you from the south of Italy? Because I know they have those, like, they have crazy last names like that there. And he said, no, he's actually from the north near the white-capped mountains. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Anyway, Bob Capobianco, um, nice guy. And he explained to me that his company which is called Crum and Forrester, basically offers insurance through all these other companies. So his insurance is, like, ASBCA is his his company's insurance, but so is Pumpkin. So then I was like, oh, I thought I was, like, they're like these, um, like, it's like white label insurance that then has these branded affiliates that sell it as their own insurance. And this kind of, like, this, like, at first it threw me and then I thought, you know, like when I feel like I've, I have, you know, we have like tons of kinds of insurance for school for the dogs. And when they send me a bill, I pay the bill. You know what I mean? Like I don't like, or when there's paperwork, I don't like, I'm not like, oh, this says, you know, underwritten by X, Y, or Z. Like I just figure like the company I'm working with is taking care of it. Um, I trust them. So that's kind of, I guess, where these relationships um, get their steam is like, well, you trust ASPCA as a brand, uh, so therefore you trust if you get paperwork that says Crum and Forrester on it. Anyway, let me let me play you um, a little bit of my conversation with uh, Bob. Uh, I'm Bob Capobianco, uh, Senior Vice President at Crum and Forrester Pet Insurance, and I'm glad to have the chance to uh, chat with you about uh, all things pet insurance. Uh, the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance was one place that was recommended. I reached out through, I guess, the, the mm -hmm. website and um, spoke to uh, one of your colleagues who then um, helped set this up, but also said, can you include this text, mm -hmm. which I'm just going to read, insurance plans are underwritten by United States Fire Insurance Company, yeah. NAIC 21113 Morristown, New Jersey, and produced by C&F Insurance Agency, Inc., uh, a crumb and foster company. More information can be found at cfpetinsurance.com. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Through a licensing agreement, the ASPCA receives a royalty fee that is in exchange for use of the ASPCA's marks and is not a charitable contribution. More information on ASPCA pet health insurance can be found online at ASPCA 
pantinsurance.com. So this made me realize like, oh, okay. So it's not like the ASPCA has uh, an insurance wing. It's actually your product. Is that right? That is essentially spot on. We, um, uh, we have a, a wonderful partnership with the ASPCA um, and we have been in a relationship with them since 2006. Um, our insurance operation and their operation, we share uh, a, a similar heartbeat in terms of what we want to do to help pets live longer, happier, healthier lives. Uh, and that partnership opportunity, as I said, been uh, in place for 15 years. Uh, they are wonderful people. They're doing wonderful work. And we're very happy to to be uh, uh, leveraging the gravitas that the ASPCA brand has in the pet owner community, uh, and it's been nothing but a wonderful relationship over that uh, over that period of time. We started in 1997 uh, as the Hartville Pet Insurance Agency um, in beautiful Hartville, Ohio. Hartville is a very small town east of Canton. And uh, we started out as a small agency. We were the second brand in the insurance industry after veterinary pet insurance, which is now nationwide. So we started very small and independent. Um, our relationship again with uh, uh, um, ASPCA then uh, came along in 2006. Um, we started utilizing Crumman Forster paper um, uh, meaning they are, they became our underwriter in 2006 as well. And in 2013, Crum and Forster bought the Hartville Pet Insurance Agency and we became part of the insurance company. So we've, we've been in the business, uh, now, tw uh, 24 years. Um, and we've seen a lot. We've, we've done a lot in the space. Uh, and certainly, our expertise combined with the ASPCA uh, brand has helped us grow um, uh, quite significantly. We now uh, protect over 200,000 pets on an annual basis. Um, and, and this opportunity to grow pet insurance, create the awareness, um, just as you've gone through yourself in, in your research, gives us a, a great opportunity to help people fund the cost of providing care for their pets. Crum and Forster um, uh, does, does a number of different uh, insurance in the property and casualty accident and health um, uh, lines of business. So we were uh, a, a perfect fit underneath their portfolio of offerings. So, his, so Crum and Forster, where he works, is like uh, they have all these other companies. And when you're working with one of these other companies, they're all branded a little differently. So you can see on my screen, like one of them is Hartville Pet Insurance. This is what this looks like. Uh, ASPCA, uh, you know, has this, but like their widget or whatever here, you can see it's the same widget. Some places like Spot, which partners with Caesar Milan, so I don't wanna use them for that reason. Their like widget looks a little different when you go and try and uh, enroll, but the information you're going to get is ultimately the same. So, um, but because ASPCA was what I picked, I went through the ASPCA widget, which uh, says that, you know, the, like the lowest option would be a $3,000 annual limit. And this is for Poppy. This is not for all dogs, but, or Poppy in New York City. 
Um, 70% reimbursement, $3,000 annual limit, $500 annual deductible. So this is like the bottom tier would be $32.64 a month. And the highest tier would be $10,000 annual limit, $100 annual deductible. So you're only out of pocket for $100 a year. With 90% reimbursement would be $98.13 a month. And this would um, cover accidents, dental disease, illness, hereditary conditions, behavioral issues, which I actually forgot to ask about, but from working with clients who get that kind of coverage, I think if you go to a veterinary be a veterinary behaviorist, your um, insurance often will cover it, not just the ASPCA insur insurance. Um, and I think this one um, also covers wellness. Um, Oh, wait, no, I'm, I think I'm wrong. It says preventative care, uh, annual wellness exams uh, is not included in this plan, although you can add it for a bit more a month. So, okay, so this is basically um, accident-only insurance, uh, and uh, I read you these numbers. Um, and you get the same quote if you go through, you get the same quote if you go through Hartville, pet insurance, um, and I believe Spot also, and a number of other companies. Interestingly, though, um, what's funny, though, is Bob Capobianco actually doesn't use any of the companies that work, that are part of Crum and Forster, because he has a dog who had a pre or a cat, I think it's a cat, who had a pre-existing condition when he started working there. So he told me he uses Embrace Pet Insurance and has had a really good experience, so Totally different company, um, not not under the same umbrella as the other ones. I so I looked at this one too. This at the low end, which is five thousand dollar annual reimbursement limit, with a one thousand dollar deductible and seventy percent reimbursement percentage, would be uh, twenty six dollars a month. And then at the high end, would be a $30,000 annual limit with a $200 annual deductible. That's the lowest possible deductible. 90% coverage would be $101.61 per month. And this is for accident and illness. You would add um, the wellness separately if you did wellness at $650 a year, which would definitely cover us. Um, that would be an additional $52 a month. So, um, Enjoyed speaking to him, and uh, the, the next person that I spoke to, though, wasn't with an insurance company. He's actually a blogger who uh, has um, a lot of experience uh, writing about insurance, um, and uh, so I wanted to play you um, a little bit of my conversation with him because I actually learned a lot from him. This is Daniel Cahill of the website thedogtail.com. Behind the question is, is pet insurance worth it? Um, the other common thing you, you hear people saying is they treat insurance like it's an investment. So is it worth it means, am I going to get, you know, my money back? And, and as an investment, like, yeah, what, what's, I'm putting this money in, what, what am I going to get from it? Um, and that's really not a good way to think about it. Um, a good thing, a good way to think about it is, is risk management, right? So insurance is all about mitigating risk. And so, if you are a financially stable person who has a, a healthy um, savings account and you've got an emergency fund, 
you, you truly might not need pet insurance. Um, but that doesn't describe most people. So like based on a couple um, studies, it, most people in America, most families, um, it's been reported can't afford something like a $400 cost. That's, that's unexpected. Um, uh, I, I'm looking at here on the Embrace Pet Insurance is, is one pet insurer. I'm looking at a few stats on their website right now. And it says, um, you know, 60% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings account. Um, if that sounds like you, uh, you need, you're, you're at a crossroads where you, you, you're facing risk. And that risk is if something bad happens to your pet, you're going to have to make a really hard decision. And it, that decision is, do I put myself and my family in financial instability by, by taking on credit card debt or something like that, um, to pay for these pet costs, or you might be faced with a really hard decision such as. Do I not pay for this pet, for this care for my pet? Um, some tragically, some people have their pets put to sleep because they can't afford the care that otherwise might address the situation. Um, those are awful situations to be in. So, if you're the type of person who couldn't afford an unexpected cost like that, uh, you're precisely the type of person who who really does need it. Now, to go back to your question, is there a certain amount? Um, if if you have a savings account. And you can't afford a, a, an emergency of, I would say, at least $3,000, but honestly, a, a more conservative amount is $10,000, um, then you probably don't need pet insurance. So obviously, most trips to the vet's office don't cost $10,000, um, but they can, uh, they, they, they very much can. For example, if your dog is diagnosed with cancer, um, which is a pretty common ailment among canines, uh, you're going to go to the vet at least once, but maybe a couple times to, to just try to get a diagnosis. And they're going to run uh, blood, blood tests, they might run x-rays, they might do all sorts of things. And that could easily run up to $1,000, sometimes more, depending on where you live. And then there would be chemotherapy if your dog does have cancer and you want to treat it. And that could be another couple thousand dollars as much as five thousand dollars and then after that you're going to have rehabilitation costs and all of these things and so that's why i say if you can comfortably afford a ten thousand dollar unexpected cost and when i say comfortably i you know for most people ten thousand dollars is going to hurt um but if you can and you're still going to be able to put food on the table and you're still going to be able to to pay your rent and, and all of these things then you probably don't need it but if you don't have that, you need to start working towards that. Um, and I would say, I would say, on on the more uh, liberal side, three thousand dollars is a good little cushion amount for most pet injuries and unexpected ailments. Um, but I would I would beef that up as you as you go to to just give yourself more wiggle room. And then so the nice thing, if you decide to basically self insure, is how people would describe that. Um, first of all, you have to have disposable income to, to divert towards that fund. And then, uh, from my personal finance background, I would say if you can put it in an account that's interest bearing, so you don't necessarily just want this money sitting in your savings account. If you have 10 grand sitting in a savings account for, for eight years, like you described, um, it, it's not really doing anything for you. Um, obviously it's there if you need it in an emergency, but if you can at least get an account with a high interest, uh, a high interest savings account or some bonds or something, um, 
like you're saying, $10,000, that's a lot of money. It would take a long time to save that. It would take a long time to pay that much in insurance premiums. But hopefully, hopefully you'll never need that full amount. That's a conservative amount. And in the event that you don't need all of that, it should be growing with interest. And basically, it's once you reach that, that threshold, you can start um, diverting that money and towards other goals. And you can, if you never use it, it'll be there eventually. You know, so the typical dog's life is, you know, it, it depends on the breed, of course, but let's say 14 years, 13, 14 years. Um, well, if it takes most of that time to get to that balance, then what happens after your dog passes? If you never use it, are you going to get a new dog? If you are, then that's amazing. You're starting off from scratch with this fund in place to protect that dog's uh, life. Um, if you, if you decide not to, then you have just been forced to save this amount that you can divert towards other things. Maybe you have a, a kid now and you want to put it towards their college education or something like that. So Again, ten thousand dollars is like that's the most conservative uh, amount. Um, if you set a personal goal, especially uh, like I'll say this: if you if you've had a dog for five years, um, and you can look back on the last, let's say, three years, and the and the veterinary costs, um, you should have a, a, a fairly good idea of, of what it costs um, to to care for your pet, and then tack on, you know, five thousand dollars. Uh, just just in case there's a, a, an incident, um, so maybe you only maybe you only pay three hundred dollars a year for like veterinary costs and those are routine um, expenses, uh, and then you tack on five thousand dollars. So that's that's five thousand three hundred bucks there. So I would start there. I I don't know if you necessarily need to do it on day one unless you like the peace of mind that that brings you. If you're more comfortable with that, um, then by all means do it. But uh, for most people, they don't have. Ten thousand dollars to just throw around on day one. So I would say start um, with as much as you can to give yourself that hedge to mitigate that risk, and then just grow on it as time goes. Now to the second part of your question of should you draw from it for routine care, I would say that depends on the amount that you have, right? So if you have ten thousand dollars in an account for emergency care for your vet, yeah, definitely, I would I would draw from that um, for routine care because it's it's just going to scratch the surface of that and you can pretty comfortably pay it back. Um, but if you only have two hundred dollars in your in your savings account for emergencies for your pet, um, you your vet costs are going to basically obliterate that every year before you're able to grow it. So in, in those situations, I would say you need to find a way to be routinely paying into it um, until it's at a, like a sustainable rate. Um, if you're drawing from it 50% of the balance every year or every time you go for like a routine checkup, then it's not, uh, it's not actually mitigating any risk. It's good that you have that money there, but, but it's not really enough to do the job that you intend for it to do. So then I asked Daniel if he had any other suggestions of like alternatives, and he actually had two, which I thought were pretty interesting. One is this company called Pet Assure, which is basically just like a discount card that you can use to get 25% off at participating vets. And um, I didn't look at the list of vets too closely, but it looked like there were some uh, vets near us that I've heard good things about. Um, the, the vets that we've normally been to aren't there, but I guess I'd be okay changing. Um, it covers 25% and that would be, 
either eleven ninety five a month billed annually or eight twenty five uh, monthly or eight twenty five a month uh, billed annually. It's a little bit less for cats, and then you can also combine pets. Um, so I thought that was kind of a neat option that I hadn't heard of. Uh, and certainly if you're going to self-insure, it would seem like it would make sense to invest in that so that you're going to be spending 25% less. Uh, and then he mentioned this company called Uso to me, and I ended up calling them up because uh, I wanted to learn more. Basically, it is a, uh, a cost-sharing program, not quite an insurance and uh, I was pretty inspired by uh, what, they're, what they're doing. Let me play you a little bit of this um, conversation I had with the founder of uh, USO. Yeah, so this is, my name is Alan Kamraba. I'm actually a surgeon turned founder. Uh, so I am board certified in general and colon and rectal surgery. I finished up at University of Pennsylvania. My, my life was colon and rectal cancer. Um, and actually I still, see and treat patients. I have a colon cancer surgery I'm doing Friday, uh, two of actually. Um, but ultimately for me, I finished all my training, started practicing out in Los Angeles where that's where we're based. Uh, I'm teaching faculty at Cedars and I got incredibly frustrated with the world of fee-for-service with medicine. And that's a whole, I could probably spend a year long podcast kind of going through all of that. But that started this journey. And, and the real question I started to put for myself is why is there not a better model out there than what we have seen for healthcare? And really, you know, our first year with USO was how do we fix healthcare? Um, and that is a really big goal of ours long-term, but we're a very small startup. And our partners rightfully said, why don't you start in a very small analog to healthcare and prove that what you're doing works in pet care. Still has surgery, still life and death. People consider their pets as their children. Uh, and it made sense. It's far less likely people are gonna do big liver transplants for their pets than they would for their you know, their kids and, and, and millions of dollars of costs. And so the idea with you so really came down to taking the best in technology and saying, can we build a different model that realigns incentives uh, and, and putting together all the parts that I had learned in healthcare where not only everyone always puts the blame just on the insurers, uh, but what I was seeing was doctors were, you know, physicians were abusing the model. They consider it as a big pot of gold and trying to figure out as best they can, how can they tap into that pot of gold for themselves? Um, as well as hospitals and even some patients. Patients less, it's probably a very small minority, but I'm seeing it tremendously so on the provider facility side. And so that was kind of the thesis of what got me going on building USO. Honestly, all insurance is crowdfunding. That's not just a play on words, it really is. People forget that all insurance companies, core-based fund that they start with is all community funded. You know, they so they they, they build a core current fund, but all the money that comes on back to people on reimbursements for claims, if there wasn't coming from the people, there wasn't, there isn't any fund there. That's what our premium support or premium dollars go in. And then they come back to the people that need them. And what we posited with you. So on many fronts, there's many pieces to it was that if we can take what we're seeing in tech now and connect 
people directly online and build communities online and build out transparency. And then also take what we're finding with digital payments, be it Stripe or PayPal and everything you're kind of seeing on the payment side, we can move to a more transparent and cleaner model where instead of telling people pay in and we're going to hold it up front for something that may happen in the future, we can transact on exactly what the costs were completely on an after the fact basis, which could never be done before prior to tech. Uh, because there was issues with how do you make sure everybody's going to pay? How do you know everybody's going to contribute when they're supposed to? And, and the reason to do that, you know, it sounds like, well, ultimately it should be the same. The reason to do that was under the conventional insurance model, when we when an insurer collects premiums, their revenue is actually a proportion to total premiums collected. And so for an insurer to raise profits, they do better if the cost of care outpace inflation, because ultimately that comes back to them and to their bottom line. And what I wanted to see, which was what I was seeing was corrupting healthcare, was that the insurers should have no connection at all with the cost of care, that their profits should be completely disattached from the two. And the only way to do that was to wipe out the premium model and to start from scratch. And so pivotal and key, I say key to what we wanted with USO was that what we make has no connection at all to the cost of care so that we have no incentive at all to ultimately allow cost inflation to happen at a pace that we're seeing. I mean, healthcare is out of control and actually veterinary care is the same. So the American Veterinary Society last year for 2020 said it just under 10% cost of inflation for at, the, at the point of care at the vet. In 2019, it was 17.1% inflationary cost for veterinary care. And that's because the model has been built to allow that to happen. It supports that happening. And you know, we don't know what the cost of anything should be when we go to our doctors or vets. It's very non-transparent. It's very opaque. And by making the system something that nobody understands, it allows cost to outpace everything else that you would ever imagine. And that's what we wanted to do. Cost care is not free. There will always be a cost. It costs money to be with you. So, but what we want, or my goal in starting this is that we need to build something where our incentives are aligned with our users rather than with figuring out how to make things become more expensive quicker, faster over time. So I was pretty excited to hear about USO to talk to Alan. I thought it was a cool idea that it was basically like uh, insurance with a mission and um there's you know this base rate that that you're paying which i think is like 15 or 18 dollars and then above that um you're paying i think uh never more than 65 dollars total so whatever 65 is minus 15 or 18 um but it could fluctuate month to month um and for that you're always getting 80 percent covered and um, the deductible, I forget what the deductible is, but it's comparable to the others, like $250. And it's up to $88,000. I'm sorry, $8,800. It's up to $8,800 a year, which is not as high as some of the other places. But like I said, in Amos's whole life, I don't think I, even at the end of his life when we were paying all kinds of money, I don't think we even spent $8,800. So that seems like a fine um, upper limit. Um, so yeah, I, I just liked that you said wasn't really insurance and that it was kind of like building towards this 
better world of medicine for dogs as well. I mean, for pets and not just dogs, but pets, but also for people that it was kind of like mission driven rather than profit driven. Uh, I like the idea of sort of creating a USO community and I was able to talk to them about that. Like, okay, well, what if we wanted like a school for the dogs USO group? And they said, we could totally help you do that. So, um, yeah, I was just into it. Um, but I talked to him a few weeks ago and afterwards I thought about it and realized that I think my, if I were making this decision on my own, <laughs> and fortunately I'm not, I have you to discuss it with me. I think I would be stuck between USO, just money-wise, I think I'd be stuck between USO, Wagmo, and Lemonade. Lemonade is the least expensive, which seems to offer the highest percentage of coverage. Although I didn't get to talk to them, so and like I said, I couldn't get down anyone on the phone. Wagmo I really liked because I I think it's nice that they cover 100%. You don't kind of don't have to think about it. Um, I like that it's like a, a new business that is very client focused and uh, female owned. Um, and then Uso I like, although I'm not sure if it's really any kind of a savings over the other options. But like I said, I was sort of drawn to their mission, and then. Of course, I also thought about what Daniel with the Dogtail said about like, you know, you could just fund your own account. Um, but I feel like that takes a certain degree of um, like, what, what's the word? Like maturity, maturity, responsibility, <laughs> responsibility. discipline, discipline. Right, like I think you and I could probably find ten thousand dollars to put into a bank account and not touch, and put into like a high yield savings account. But there are other things you could do with that money, and it's not like it wouldn't mean anything. Like if you're someone for whom ten thousand dollars is just like, you know, yesterday's change in the in pockets of your jeans in the laundry, then I guess it, it doesn't make a big deal. But it it would be significant for us to do that, and um. And in the long run, I think you might actually end up spending less. You could end up spending less money on one of these policies. Anyway, what's your what's your takeaway? The way I think about it is like, I mean, the person who was talking about the option for self-insuring was imagining like a high yield savings account or something. But, you know, no one would do that probably who chose to self-insure they'd probably invest it more aggressively like and like put it in the S&P 500 or something like that because it's a long period of time and so I actually just did the calculation if you put the like the average return on the S&P 500 historically is like 10 percent over time so in you, like 10 years yeah so if you put well no I think like ever so like if you put uh thousand dollars a year in the S&P 500 or in you know some kind of a like a aggressively invested fund and got 10% you'd have like 25,000 at the end of 10 years and if you got 5% which is like more conservative that's like what university endowments tend to get and stuff you have something like 14,000 at the end of 10 years so I mean I if I were doing this I would try to you so know, we are we are doing this <laughs> well if i were what i would say if, if i were going to self-insure i would try to you know invest it in some kind of a slightly more aggressive you know investment product and get a 
better return, in which case, you know, then you're talking about having liquid money that you can use on whatever you want and you can just sort of say it's a fund for your dog. So, I mean, that's one way to look at it, but I still think the, for me, the fundamental problem is I think I disagree with the idea that if you're somebody who can just like can handle a $10,000 expense or even a $3,000 expense that you don't need this because um, I think that essentially what happens psychologically is when you have to make a huge expense on an animal, you start questioning it because you say, well, yes, it's like a child. And everybody kept saying like, oh, people treat their dogs like children, but it's actually not a child. It's a dog. And, and, you know, I think people do question or sort of, you know, doubt whether it's a good idea to spend that much money. I know when Amos was at the end of his life, I, and we were spending lots of money on him. I also felt suspicious of the, some of the vets that we were going to, because they were like, you know, it'll be a thousand dollars for us to just do the normal test. But really what you should do is leave them with us overnight and then it'll be $4,200. And it's like, you know, um, what do you mean should like, am I a bad dog? Owner? Well, to be fair, you're conflating things because one was when he was sick and one was when he seemed to have an accident. But Well, I'm just in general, yeah, okay. like I, I just mean for like high expensive care for animals. Like, for me, the experience psychologically was like, okay, I don't know if I'm being taken advantage of here. I feel uncomfortable with this. I feel slightly uncomfortable with spending so much money on an animal when it's like, you know, we're not like independently wealthy and it's not nothing. For well, us. and he's like already at the end of his like reasonable natural lifespan for, I mean, it's, it's hard. Exactly. To, it's so hard questions to ask. So yeah. it was like a psychological, psychologically unpleasant or an emotionally unpleasant process to go through having a sick dog who needed care. Well, fortunately, though, just on that topic, I feel like just the way things worked out, we never really got to the point of having to, like, ask major questions about what we were going to... Like, it it seemed like everything we were spending up until the end seemed, at least to me, like, obviously we're going to spend this. We didn't get to a point of being like, now we need to... We spent about $5,000 on him at the end of his life, and I would say we spent about, you know thousand dollars a year on him more or less probably less in the beginning and slightly more towards the end so you know at the end of the day it's probably fine you know i think like one the way i kind of think about pet insurance is like okay you know if you want to just drop eight or nine hundred bucks a year on the dog and just budget for that and not worry about it and then like know that like what you're buying with your money is you don't have to have that unpleasant feeling you don't have to like fight with your spouse about whether or not it's worth it to take care of their baby, you know, or, um, you know, have one owner saying, you know, he's like a child, we'll do anything for him. And then the other saying, you know, I'm not spending right. $10,000 so, on okay. cancer Okay, so it treatment. sounds like you're, you're in the <clears throat> camp of not self-insuring in the end. Well, the problem is, is like, if you self-insure at the end of the day, the problem's the same because it's still liquid money and um you could still spend it on something else so unless you happen to become independently wealthy by the time that uh savings pays off then you're still faced with the same psychological problem whereas well well, when amos when we were spending all that money on amos i got a starbucks card so now i have a lot of starbucks points (laughs) (laughs) 
right. And every time I drink a latte, I think of my dog. Um, okay, so then let's think about the other options. So I, I think if someone is going to self-insure, they would be smart to also get the pet a share card, right? That makes sense for 10 bucks a month. Yeah, probably because you bring the costs down. Yeah, to bring your, your cost down. Although, of course, that's not going to be covered if you go to like an animal hospital or something like that, but it's still something and it's relatively small investment for the year if it's only whatever, like $100 a, a month. I mean, but $100 a year. I think it's worth noting that the big bills tend to come from animal hospitals. Yeah, that's true. So if you're when you're dropping that five thousand dollar payment on your dog, it's probably not going to be at the local vet, you know. Right. Also, though, if you have a dog who if you have a dog who has um, conditions though that aren't covered by um, all of the by these insurance companies, and to be honest, that wasn't a question because we're dealing with you know a young healthy dog. I didn't ask a lot about pre pre existing conditions. Um, I asked a couple of the people I spoke to. You so I know you have to disclose that, and then they won't cover the things having to do with the pre-existing conditions. Um, I think the other ones are probably similar to that, but the pet assure is for anyone. So if you already have a dog who's dealing with stuff, then right, that's then a that good can, way to go. That can be helpful. Plus, plus you know, self-insuring. So if you're like, it seems to me like the closer you are to the beginning of your dog's life, the probably the harder it is to self-insure. Where if you're towards the end of your dog's life, it probably actually makes more sense or is maybe easier to do. Okay, so we're ruling out that option. So then the other options are that we've gone over <laughs> um, for us either would be USO or um, uh, Wagmo or Lemonade. And, um, and I know I, we had talked also about Embrace and... ASPCA and Pumpkin, um, with the, the latter two being part of um, the uh, Crum and Forster group. Um, but uh, I don't know, even though I, I know it's not that big of a deal, it just it just kind of turned me off, to be honest, that they're all just like one company branded differently. <laughs> like I said, I think in the end it really probably doesn't matter, but given that I've done this research, uh, which is more than I might have done on my own, um, were, were I not discussing, making, making a podcast on this and discussing it with you, I think my choices would be Yuso, Wagmo, or Lemonade. What about you? Yeah, I mean, insurance is like casinos. The house always wins. <laughs> so the reason there's probably all these different versions of different brands with slightly different tweaked aspects is that the, the way they make money is by convincing people to buy the product. Yeah, but I felt like, which I felt like um, I, maybe that's also part of the reason why like I'm ruling out ASPCA and and Pumpkin and all of their the various Crum and Forster ones is because I feel like it's all just different ways to market to people the same thing and I mean of course marketing is happening all the time there's nothing like innately dishonest about marketing but once you kind of realize that you're being marketed to it feels a little funny um, and uh, but what I, but but I thought Wagmo felt Wagmo and Yuso, they both sort of felt like they were trying to do something different in in the industry. Wagmo, you know, their their feeling is like the industry hasn't changed in forever. It's not like it's not, you know, it's not convenient. Um, it's not, you know, understanding of what pet owners are going through. Um, how can we make this better, easier, less painful, da 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 da. Yuso being like the whole medical system is broken 
<laughs> at least from a financial perspective, and let's start fixing it um, by approaching it, uh, approaching veterinary care, which I think is interesting. So. Yeah, I mean, I think, and then, and then I like lemonade just because it seemed like the best maybe value. But I think probably the way to go about this is just do the math and buy the one that's cheapest, the, the that gives you the biggest bang for your buck, because. Now that we see that, like, there are literally four different companies that are just selling the same product with, like, a different label for different prices. Yeah, but I'm saying let's not even bother. Look, like, let's decide we're not looking at those for if, – if we have to pick reasons to rule something out, let's rule it out just for that option so that we can <laughs> – Yeah. All right, well, do the math. Tell me, what do you think is best? Okay, so Wagmo is 68 bucks a month for 100% coverage, no deductible. 68 40 a month that includes her annual wellness visit which is $20 a month uh, of that 68 which is actually that seems to me like a good value because I think her annual visit is like be, I, where we go is usually between five and six hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. so $20 a month is mm-hmm. a good deal um, it covers up to $20,000 a year mm-hmm. with a deductible of 500 um, oh well, which would be her wellness visit. If we put it down to a deductible of two fifty, uh, it comes to seventy nine dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's lemonade? So lemonade, uh, if we got um, coverage, let's say a two hundred and fifty dollar deductible uh, with 90% coverage uh, up to $50,000 a year, uh, not including wellness care, like not including her annual visit, which I said is about five or $600, uh, that would be $32 a month, or $31.92 to be exact. Do they have an option for- They have annual pay, which would be $364 a year. Do and they... if we were to include um, Wellness care that would be an additional two sixteen a year, which again I guess seems. I mean, if we're paying, if her wellness visit is usually five hundred, and they're saying that. So what's the annual for the base? So if we got if we paid annually and we got a two hundred fifty dollar deductible with ninety percent um, coverage. Yeah. Uh, up to fifty thousand dollars. What's interesting about them is if you choose five thousand or fifty thousand. Like the price actually doesn't go up that much, so yeah, the number of people who need fifty thousand dollars worth yeah. of care is probably so, might, so I'm just picking fifty thousand because it's not that much more expensive. That would be five, and this includes the wellness visit. Would be five eighty for the year. Okay. And uh, then, um, Wagmo, I told you, and then Uso. It has a fluctuating cost. It covers eighty percent up to, uh, I believe it was $8,500 a year. And the cost could fluctuate anywhere between 15 and, uh, uh, I believe 15 and 60 or $65 a month. Um, and that would cover, um, that would also cover her wellness visit. Does uh, USO tell you what the average person pays? 
They said they said you know it fluctuates and it's going to change also for I don't know if it's going to change for better <clears> or worse <throat> as more people join because it's still pretty new, but probably I think they said around forty forty five dollars a month. Yeah. So looking at all these numbers together, a couple things come to mind. First of all. <clears throat> The purpose of pet insurance is to have it last for a long time and have it be around. So uh, I don't know if like there's some kind of protection about you so going out of business. I mean, what if this guy's model doesn't work? What if he's not around in 10 or 15 or 20 years? Um, are we still protected? Like what if, you know, not a lot of people join the policy? I'd be, I'd want to know more before I signed up, especially because, um, you know, it's kind of comparably expensive. The protection is, the least good, um, 80% compared well, yeah, to... yeah, although, to be fair, like, all of these, you can, you can, like, toggle to make it uncover more or less, mm -hmm. but I just did the most possible coverage pricing. Right, so let's just, let's just leave it at that, but, uh, you know, USO's 80%, Lemonade's 90, and Wagmo's 100. Now, in terms of annual cost, you know, it looks like you're paying about a thousand bucks a year with Wagmo, um, and, uh, you know, about 580 a year, uh, you know, 984 with Wagmo, 580 a year with Lemonade. Um, and that still covers the wellness visit. Um, you know, you do have that 10% cost, but, you know, probably long-term Lemonade's a better deal, um, based on what I see here, because, um, you know, it's just, it's just a relatively low annual amount to pay and you get really good coverage. Whereas, you know, Wagmo for that extra hundred percent, you know, you're, you're, you're paying almost, it's basically twice the cost of uh, lemonade on a monthly visit. And the only real difference is like 10% more of coverage. So, yeah. So I think, I think based on looking at this, you know, uh, although I'm just looking and it says on the lemonade again, lemonade, I couldn't get in anyone on the phone there. So in Wagmo's court is like the founder was able to spend half an hour with me on the phone. And I think, like I said, they, it seems to me like they have a, a mission and a story. And obviously, from my experience so far, excellent customer care. And I think you you like send them a photo of your receipt and they send you the money right away by Venmo um, it sounds like really thought out. Yeah, you're, Le you're also paying for that service. Right, of course. Lemonade, I couldn't get anyone on the phone, and pet insurance is just like one of the things that they do, uh, which doesn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, um, I don't, I wonder if that means it's there as they pay much, as much attention to it. And also, as I'm looking now on their website, it says, go above and beyond with our extended accident and illness package for an extra $101 a year, and that gets you added coverage for vet visit fees when treating an eligible accident or illness, which I thought was weird. Like, why wouldn't vet visit fees be covered under all the other stuff? That... Yeah, you got to read the fine print. I mean, uh... Right. It wasn't like vet, vet visit fees. Isn't that why you're going to the vet to pay a fee? <laughs> Um, yeah, it might not cover that. You know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta understand exactly what you're buying. Um, and, uh, it's the fact that 
that's not immediately obvious from all of the time and effort that you've spent putting on these people's website is like a little worrying. So uh, maybe Wagmo is more straightforward and it's more expensive, but there's no uh, surprises like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Wagmo also has options, which I didn't even get into, uh, where you can get um, a package that includes $100 a year towards grooming um, and another package that uh, includes $100. I mean, you're, you're, no, it's up, they're covering up to $100 a year of dental care. Um, yeah, I'm looking at their site and if, if there's all these, if there's little text like that that I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> so what do you think? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't uh, render a judgment here on this podcast. I mean, people have heard us talk through all the various options, and uh, you know, maybe they can make their own decisions, and we'll make ours. <laughs> leave, leave the public hanging. I think, I think talking it out with you and going over all these numbers, I think Wagmo is actually the answer. I was thinking. Yuso was just really cool, um, and I still think they're really cool, but it doesn't necessarily seem like the best deal. Lemonade does seem like the best deal, but almost like too good of a deal, and um, I, well, I mean, honestly, like also just as like a female-owned small business in the pet sphere, I feel like I want to support another female-owned small business in the pet sphere. Maybe that's silly. Well, I mean, you know, I would just want to understand fully. I mean, I would want to buy the cheapest, most affordable option, you know, um, and then just, you know, donate <laughs> to businesses that I want to support or, or, or buy, you know, buy their products, you know, for things that I really need. But uh it seems like there's there may be too many surprises or it may like they may not be good enough at communication at lemonade to really like understand what you're getting for your money um because if you're supposed to get 90 percent of everything in wellness fee and then suddenly they're talking about spend extra money on to the cover vet, vet on fees the vet and like fees, what's going right. on you know so i'd like to i mean we're still not to the bottom of that one i think so i don't feel ready to make a decision but I mean, if we weren't like making a project out of this and we just needed to make a choice, do you really think we would, we would <laughs> like, how many hours do you think we would have actually spent discussing this? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I would, I think that I would, before I spent any money on this, I would want to know exactly what I was buying. So I would, I would want to, you know, lemonade seems better, but, uh, I want to know I mean, if there's still unanswered questions, I want to know what the answers to them are. I don't know what more questions to ask. No, I think we should pause the podcast here and like go figure out what Lemonade isn't telling us. But how are we supposed to know what they're not telling us? Well, like... Do we like read reviews or... Let's yeah. look more closely. Because just on paper right here, I would say buy Lemonade. Because it's cheaper and it gives you almost as much uh, as Wagmo. 
you know, you're just not paying for the bells and whistles. Uh, it's cheap because you're not paying for all that extra stuff. So, I mean, one of the dangers of Wagmo might be like, you know, their, their product is expensive because they're putting money into customer service and support. And so like, maybe you want that, you know, but uh, a lot of people are probably going to want to be the most economical and maybe that's lemonade. One tally mark for uh, the Chrome Enforcer insurances is that they're, I mean, I, I guess that's what the partnerships are about. Like you have to feel like, well, the ASPCA wouldn't be partnering with them if they were, if they were crappy. And there's like all these different ways to access it. So maybe that means like they've thought things through. Yeah, but again, I mean, there's a little bit like a lack of transparency where they're not like, sign up with us and then you'll get this other company's insurance. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's about like when you fully scrutinized and really understand exactly what you're buying, buy the cheapest thing, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, insurance is not like staying in a hotel. You don't need to have good room service. You need to have like a good equation. But think about it this way, though. Lemonade only covers 90 percent. Wagmo covers 100%. The difference would be if, if it's a $500 difference a month, I mean a year, $500 difference a year between the two roughly or less than that, right? Like four. Uh, it's 580 versus 980, like 400 a month, 400 a year. So if you had a, if you did have to go through some procedure that was $4,000 with lemonade, you'd be spending that $400 anyway. Yeah. Whereas with Wagmo, it, you wouldn't spend that. Right. If you but had a, and, and if you had something that was eight thousand dollars, you would have spent eight hundred. Whereas Wagmo, you'd actually come out on top. Well, no, because you're giving Wagmo that four hundred bucks every year. So I mean, you'd have to basically have your dog have multiple four or five thousand dollar events. To make up that 10% difference. To make up the 10% difference, which is unlikely, I mean, based on our experience. So, uh, yeah, I would say cliffhanger, pause the podcast here. Uh, we're going to go look at Lemonade and figure out what the heck is actually going on. And then we'll come back and tell you our final decision. You know, one thing worth mentioning is when you go to the Wagmo site, which is wagmo.io, on their blog, they have a blog post called Wagmo vs others and it says uh one thing that differentiates them is there's no sketchy loopholes in the small print ever read between the lines and discover what you wanted isn't what you signed up for there's always loopholes and exclusions that you don't realize when signing up then when faced with an emergency you're left hopeless we don't believe in small print we'll tell you all of the deets up front check out our sample policy doc if you don't believe us and then it's, it talks about that there's no hidden costs. It says add-ons often house the most important coverage needs for your pet. You'll end up seeing hidden costs on your monthly bill. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> we do have a charge. We do have to charge some fees and taxes because insurance, but we'll list them clearly for you and keep them to a minimum. Hello, listeners that are still with me here. Annie uh, alone now. Jason is all the way on the other side of the apartment now, <laughs> and uh, I uh, I decided to see if I could find some reviews of both Wagmo and Lemonade. Um, so I went to Reddit, which has 
uh, a pet insurance uh, subreddit uh, and also an insurance reddit and I looked up lemonade first and it's an older company so there's a lot more here about uh, lemonade as opposed to Wagmo which is a newer company and although they were offering their wellness package as of about a year ago, they, their full package is newer. I'm just going to read out some of the quotes here about lemonade. Uh, Do not use lemonade. This company is a joke. Nothing about saving. My cat cost only $75 for vet visit. I don't care they claim it to me or not, but lemonade do ruined my day. <laughs> Gotta love Reddit. Uh, since I installed their apps, I keep talking to stupid AI forever. And Jesus, you know that feeling. Uh, someone else writes, I hope this isn't too late. Do not get lemonade, all caps. I am in the process of canceling my policy less than a month after purchasing it. Absolutely useless crap and radio silence for a week. Did not cover a single claim and it has caused an incredibly stressful time for me since the medication for my dog is $450 and it will affect me financially. Go for Geico or anything else. No waiting periods, which affected my dog because of the difference of one day, even though the appointment was after the waiting period. I have a lemonade insurance plan for my cat, and the experience is absolutely shitty. For the second claim I filed, I filed it two months ago, and they are still processing it right now. I already emailed them at least 10 times, and on December 11th, they replied to me one last time, telling me that they were still processing my claim. LOL. Do not buy lemonade. Someone else writes, I had lemonade too. They still had not finished processing my claim for my dog after two months, and I ended up canceling my policy. The amount I was paying every month while I was waiting for the claim to be processed was more than the vet bill. I don't recommend lemonade. And there are no overwhelmingly positive posts uh, about lemonade in any of the threads that I saw. And a couple more posts, people talking about the stuff that exists in the, in the fine print, etc., etc. So then I looked up Wagmo, uh, and a lot of the conversations seemed to be about just their wellness plan. Like I said before, they, they uh, launched their full emergency coverage plan plus the wellness plan, which is what I was looking at. Uh, one person named Aw Yeah Muffins a year ago in the dog's room in the discussion uh, subreddit wrote a, a, a rather thorough review here. Um, they write, uh, you can use this at any vet or groomer, simply fill out a claim form and submit a picture of an itemized receipt for the claim. It's charged monthly, but you have to commit to a year of service to offset the cost of the reimbursement. Uh, it also seems you also keep your sign-up price for one year as well. There's zero terms or paperwork when you sign up. Whatever terms you can find on their website, that's it. Claims have been reimbursed in less than 24 hours for me and paid via Venmo or PayPal. More details on claims below. The PayPal money has been instantly sent to my account when reimbursed. And then they go into detail claims. I've submitted two claims so far to test the service. Claim number one. This was a $9 nail trim at my dog's daycare. This was mostly just to test the service, to be honest. It was reimbursed within a day, no problem. 
Claim number two, dog's annual vet visit. So during this vet visit, I paid $292 of services that would fall under the categories in my plan as outlined above. However, since I have a $50 limit on vaccines, this meant I had $262 worth of reimbursable services. I submitted the claim and put $262 in the claim amount box and uploaded a picture of my itemized vet receipt. $292 was reimbursed to me via PayPal. I now have a negative $33 sitting in my vaccine section on my account. This may be a bug due to the fact that all of their lowest tier plans now have a $100 limit for vaccines. I'm not sure whether they'll ask for this $33 back. I do not mind if they do. However, since reimbursement is instant and I filled out my claim correctly, I'm just going to sit on it for now. Additional thoughts. The service is not as good of a deal as when I signed up. I still get my price for one year. When I saw their plans, I kind of thought it wouldn't be worth the effort to sign up at that price. However, since I've used the service and it's been so quick and easy, uh, I would consider signing up again, even if I'm saving less money. It's still a net gain. Uh, this company gives me strong movie pass vibes. I don't really expect it to last another year, to be honest. I don't see how they're making money at all. I've been able to scrounge up one or two interviews with the CEO of the company, and it's the same old movie pass song and dance of quote unquote user data, vet data, marketed, marketed suggests, etc., uh, etc. Et that said, I enjoyed my movie pass while it existed in its year early form, and I enjoy this while it exists as well. I would recommend the service if you do the math and think you'll use it enough to come out on top. Personally, I'd sign up before a big yearly visit like I did. Claims are easy and reimbursements are quick. I don't really have any complaints, just a fair bit of skepticism. But I've already come out on top with my one vet visit, so I'm content with that. And here's one interesting thing is uh, in one thread on Wagmo, like I said, there's only a couple here. In one, uh, Wagmo itself um, or rep, uh, replied to the thread. Uh, and in this thread, uh, there's this response. Uh, full disclosure, I help out with Wagmo's server stuff as my sister is actually the founder of this company. Regardless, I can assure you it's legit. I've even signed my own dog up and take advantage of the benefits, my choice, ignoring the big sister pressure. They're actually part of the Techstars class this summer if you want to read more, but here's how it works. The wellness plan is just the beginning. Sure, they make money on the break breakage. Not everyone will use the full value of the plan, but the real play here is they will start offering other products down the line. True catastrophic insurance coverage is where they're going next, but you can see where there's great opportunities to layer on, on partnership opportunities with other pet brands, whether vets, premium food companies, et cetera, et cetera. Think of it like AA, AAA. Think of it like AAA or AARP for pet parents, except cooler. They are definitely a startup, so the product has changed a lot since it first came out. And to be honest, will probably change again. They're super keen to learn from their users and love feedback. Plus, in the meantime, it will help a lot with taking care of your pets. I'm playing transition music to indicate that time has passed. That was called Mineral Still. This one's called Morning Color Wheel. What do you think? I feel like harps. I feel like harps indicate the passage of time. Anyway. I think the, that indicates the passage into a supernatural <laughs> other world. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason and I are back here together again. 
after uh, taking a week or so off of, uh, of discussing this topic, during which time I, I've done some soul searching, <laughs> some thinking. Uh, I also read aloud some of the things I read about on Reddit, about both Wagmo and um, Lemonade. Uh, and I know you went and printed out Lemonade's uh, fine print and read it with a magnifying glass. And I also called them and, and right, spoke and you, to a representative. Right. But just to be clear, you spoke to like the representative who is probably in a call center, and you had no problem doing that, right? No, he seemed very... yeah informed i've i tried for over a month to get like a representative to come on the podcast because you can't just call like a call center representative and expect that they're going to want to be recorded on the podcast and i couldn't get anyone nobody responded to my emails you could just tell them that the call will be recorded <laughs> just like, this call will be purposes. recorded yeah uh couldn't get anyone like in any kind of media department and uh more annoyingly than that my email during this time was flooded with emails from them trying to get me to sign up, but no emails that were actually like responding to my query. So just just stating that. Um, so I don't know. You you want to go first with your thoughts about Lemonade after you after doing more research on your own? Yeah, sure. So Lemonade was the cheapest option uh, in terms of what you paid per month for the amount of coverage you got. It didn't uh, provide 100% coverage like Wagmo did, but if you sort of prorated it by the amount you paid versus by the amount you would save, it was the most affordable option. So I was attracted to that for obvious reasons, but their documentation was not entirely straightforward because there was a bit on there about them not covering vet service fees, which I didn't understand what that meant. Did, uh, you did you figure it out? So I called them and spoke to the guy, and he told me that basically a vet service fee was when you take your dog to the vet and they do a procedure, and they charge you a certain amount for the procedure, but then they also charge you sort of like a flat rate just for going to the vet. So sometimes there's like additional fees charged by vets um, in addition to the like fees for service. So if there's like a, 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 ser a general service fee for going to the vet, that's not covered. So, well, is that like the waste disposal fee, which is usually like $3 and I never understand why they charge you for that. Like they're charging you to throw something out. Why don't they just build that cost in? Or is it like the fee you pay for just having a vet look at your animal to begin with? I think it's the latter. I think it's like, I mean, it might be both. Both of them might be like sort of ancillary fees uh, like associated with the, the process of going to the vet, but that aren't actually connected to the ailment or, or injury. Right. Well, that, that like has. that feels really opaque to me and doesn't feel like uh, a selling point because I feel like as we know from going to doctors of all kinds, there's always a million things that are tacked on that don't make a lot of sense, right? I don't Sorry. know, did that did that make you think like, 
okay, no big <clears throat> deal? Or did that make you think, did that give you pause about the idea of signing on with them? Um, no, it didn't strike me as like a loophole that they would exploit to charge me huge amounts of money. Uh, but didn't it seem like it could be a lot of small amounts of money? Well, I guess like, I mean, I don't know. You have more experience going to vets than I do. But what I would imagine is like, you know, there's probably generally some kind of base service fee that you get charged every time you go to the vet. Um, so you're going to be looking at that. But I imagine it's probably not high. So it might be $100 or $50 or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, the main fees would probably all come from the services rendered for, you know, treating, you know, things with like, um, what do they call them? Like uh, codes, you know, like when you get diagnostic codes and there are like codes right, right. tied to services. So I think that's where most of the money comes from in vet bills. I don't know, because I feel like I've had the experience of going to that just the other day. I brought Poppy to get a couple additional vaccines that I wanted her to get or like a, she needed a heartworm test and I guess a Lyme vaccine. And, uh, you know, they charged me like $80 just for having the vet in the room with her. And then they charged me for the vaccines. So I'm if it's going to be 80 bucks or something like that, that seems like it could add up. Anyway, so so you're you're still like in the lemonade camp then it sounds like all things told. Um, no, not really. I've been convinced by your um, passionate interest in Wagmo, <laughs> actually. Um, which, which, I, which I need to explain, right? Okay, so. I think you should. I think I should. All right, so my thoughts, and we've had a little bit of this conversation off mic, although not a lot, but my general thoughts as I've, as I've considered this, first of all, the Reddit reviews of Lemonade were really bad. I don't know if I read them all to you, but I read them on the podcast so, uh, prior to this. And uh, and um, they basically sounded like, like, you know, you get what you pay for kind of thing. Um, but also, uh, thinking about it, I realized sort of when I started doing this, I set up the parameters of like, okay, I need, to, well, I, I decided I needed a limit, limit, set some kind of limits of what plans, what companies I was looking at, just because... Um, time is finite. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of different companies out there, and one of the the parameters I set was that I was not going to consider uh, companies that did insurance other than pet insurance. Uh, not, but not that I recommend that for everybody. Just for like the rules of like this particular game <laughs> that we're playing, uh, and I also kind of rolled out Lemonade early on because I couldn't get an, anyone on the phone and that just, considering considering how considerate all the other companies I reached out to were, it definitely gave me pause, um, so to speak. Um, but the other reasons that I keep coming back to Wagmo in my head, first of all, I feel like as someone, and I, I said this earlier, like as someone who works in the pet industry, and is a uh, and believes um, both in um, like treating um, clients, dog owners that we work with, as well as possible, and not making it about the money. I mean, obviously, we're a business; they're a business. Like everybody has to make money. But I, I just got a similar feel about Wagmo that they are similarly like mission driven, and that they really want to make this process as easy as possible. They want to help their clients as much as possible. 
um, that they, they're kind of progressive in their thinking about insurance as an industry in a way that spoke to me as owner of School for the Dogs. Um, and in doing the math, and, and I, again, I think I mentioned this before, it's a little bit more than lemonade, what, like 20 bucks or something a month? Um, which I feel like, I don't know, for, for, again, for me personally, being the, in, the, in, in the industry or whatever seems like an amount of money that's worth it. Um, but also, if you look at it in terms of our, the cost of just a wellness visit for us, which for our dog, which is probably going to be five or $600 a year, it's almost it's like a hundred dollars more than that for the whole year it covers the wellness visit and um and it would uh you know ensure that if anything happened we would be covered oh well that was the other thing is i i, I which i did suggest to you off mic was that we go to the like 50 dollars a month plan which would give us a higher deductible thousand dollars a year but i think like a thousand dollars is an amount of money that like we could scrape up if we needed to in an emergency to pay for something for Poppy or put it on a credit card and like not stress out too much about paying that off. Like I feel like a thousand dollars is it's it's the highest deductible option, but I feel like, you know, we keep coming back to talking about how insurance is kind of a gamble. I think we could gamble that at least for the next few years, um, chances are we're probably not gonna have to um we're not going to have any like major emergencies that are going to cost that much. So maybe go with go with the higher deductible, gamble <clears throat> that we're not going to have to use it, but that it can be there in case it's really necessary um, to cover those, you know, unexpected five or ten thousand dollar bills that I hope never come up but could. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a decent line of argumentation. I mean, I also. Oh, oh. I was just also going to interrupt. Well, you go. Sorry. Uh, I also think that, like, you know, Reddit reviews and Yelp reviews, if there's enough of them, are really significant. And, like, you know, maybe Lemonade is as, you know, it's 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 so optimized because they don't, um, you know, they just sort of, in a sort of actuarial way, just kind of run the numbers and don't give you much extra support, which, you know, it's, if it's a hassle to get your claims filled or it's yeah. a hassle to deal with them, you know, then it's not worth it. Um, so. Well, uh, something else though that I've realized in, over the last few, few weeks is that, I mean, in the, at the end of the day, like we've made a big conversation about this because of the fact that I'm doing this podcast episode. But I really think that like any insurance is way better than no insurance. So if we did get lemonade, I also think that would kind of be fine because uh, like if, if, if uh, I, I just think it's better to have something even if it's low cost, which might mean that you will be unhappy with it and you'll change later, but that's like part of your own learning process. Like this has been a whole learning process. So I, if people are listening to this, I'd say like, if you want to, if you want to go the super cheap route, go the super cheap route. But again, as, because it's like my industry, I guess I feel like going, like not going like the bargain basement route like, <laughs> makes sense to me. One last thing that appeals to me about Wagmo before we, we shake on, on making this decision. Cause because Annie always wins. 
is um, they, and I didn't talk about this before, they have a partnership with this app called Good Pup, which I don't know that much about, but it's a training app. And uh, I think that if you sign on for Wagmo, you get access to this app. And so just the fact that like they are, um, that they believe in training enough to sort of tack that on, uh, I think is really neat. Um, and uh, one thing that, that I didn't consider with all of these other companies is whether they cover um, anything having to do with behavior. Um, Wagmo doesn't. Actually, some of the other companies that I rejected early on do, um, but there's actually a lot to say on that topic, so I have a whole other podcast episode coming up just about that. Um, all right, so we're doing Wagmo? I think we should do Wagmo. I mean, I think the headline is, <clears throat> I think the headline is that the um, pet insurance is worth it if you if you go to the vet once a year for a semi-expensive checkup, um, because they're going to cover that for you. So essentially, well, if you choose one of the ones that will, which this will, right. So if you take that add-on, you know, you're you're you get a, a savings that sort of makes up for what you pay, and you pay a bit more, but then, you know, ultimately you never have to find yourself in that painful situation of choosing between money and your dog's life, which right, or money that you have sitting in a bank account that could be used for other things. Which. Yeah, that too. All right. All right. Good news for Poppy. Good news for me because this episode has been <laughs> has been a beast to put together. So I'm glad to be coming to an end. Thank you for joining me, listeners. And thank you to the love of my life and uh, my smarter half <laughs> for talking this through with me. My pleasure. So before I sign off, just wanted to remind you to join me next Thursday, May 13th on Clubhouse. Follow me there at Annie Grossman to discuss pet insurance. I am going to try to have those who were on this podcast there to discuss it with me as well and to take your questions. If you're not on Clubhouse and you need an invite, text me 917-414-2625 and I will try and get you one. The other thing I wanted to mention is that, uh, as I said before, a lot of the sites that have information about pet insurance um, are are there because of the affiliate links. Uh, so much about the pet industry, uh, the pet insurance industry seems to be about, you know, selling pet insurance and getting other people to sell pet insurance. And, uh, you know, I probably could have figured out a way to get affiliate links for all of these brands, um, but didn't, didn't want to do that. Uh, however, I did set up a USO account for School for the Dogs podcast listeners and uh, School for the Dogs students and employees, which gets you um, 30% off the monthly fee, bringing it down to $15. And as I uh, explained in the in the podcast segment on USO, um, the, the price above that will fluctuate month to month, uh, I think never going um, up to more than $45 above that $15, which is a special price you can lock in if you sign up for USO. 
through us at schoolforthedogs.com slash EUSO. That's E-U-S-O-H. And I think we get like, full disclosure, I think we get like $40 for every uh, new sign up. So certainly a way to, you know, support support what we're doing and get your dog some coverage and uh, join what I think is really the coolest of all the of all the options that we discussed on this podcast. I think USO is um, is just I don't know. It's the the neatest. I feel like that's a silly word to use, but it's it's most neat, most cool. Um, because it's really trying, it's not technically an insurance plan and it's really trying to change uh, the way healthcare is paid for uh, for everyone, um, not just the pet industry. Um, and I think it's uh, really interesting that they're kind of using the pet industry um, as a way to test this out. So, um, definitely check out schoolforthedogs.com slash USO, uh, and you can be insured uh, as part of the School for the Dogs community. Thanks for listening, and uh, I really hope that you've gotten something out of this episode. I know there is a lot to take in. Again, do make sure to check out the show notes where I have provided links uh, to all the companies I've mentioned. And uh, to the dog listeners out there, stay healthy. <laughs> school, school for the dogs. For the Thank dogs. you so much for listening. And special school, thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for the amazing the theme song. You can find dogs. Toast Garden at youtube.com slash toastgarden. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping at storeforthedogs.com and you can learn more about us at schoolforthedogs.com. You can also connect with other listeners by downloading our brand new app. Just visit schoolforthedogs.com community.